0: Hey, BSN Denver listeners, we're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it, CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore. Tori listeners, check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2010 at checkout. That's promo code BSN2018 to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door.
1: Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets Podcast, presented by Go.
0: Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was gonna knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him though. That <laughs> Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast. Today we are presented by In We Go, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver with promo code BSN50. Of course, Harrison Wind alongside Christian Clark, Monday edition of the show. Getting a little head start on the week, recording this Sunday evening. Coming off this Nuggets loss about the Hawks, we got a lot to say about this one. Denver falls in Atlanta, 106 to 98. They're right back at it on Monday. No rest for the weary they host the Memphis Grizzlies. That won't be an easy one by any means. I guess where we should probably start today, Christian, and we'll bounce around talking about this game, talking about the injuries, of course, and where the Nuggets kind of go from here. I mean, these are the Atlanta Hawks we're talking about, right? Against the Nuggets team, who was the top team in the Western Conference coming into this game. Yeah, they were on a long road trip. Yeah, this was, I believe, the fourth game in... uh, seven nights or something like that, but what the heck happened?
2: Oh, man, I'm still trying to make sense of it myself. It, it was just terrible luck to have all these injuries occur at this point in time when this road trip was wrapping up. I mean, to, to only have eight guys, really, that, that Michael Bullen trusted to put into the game when you're on the last leg of a five-game road swing that's take you from the West Coast to the East Coast, when you're on the second night of a back-to-back I can kind of understand why they basically just ran out of gas there in, in the second half. Uh, Atlanta outscored Denver 55-42 to 42 in, in the second half. Denver shot 15 of 51. That's less than 30% in the second half in this game. I mean, this was a team that just completely ran out of energy. I mean, they, they just had nothing left, it looked like.
0: Yeah, they were almost like a car running on E, and their gas light was on at the beginning of the game. And you know, like when your gas lights on, you think, "Oh, we can make it. Oh, we can make it to the gas station. You know, we're not gonna run out of gas against the Atlanta Hawks." And that's what happened in uh, the second half. Yeah, those numbers you mentioned from the second half were crazy. Denver was up by what eighteen points in this game, right? And they were up by like eighteen points against the likes of Kevin Huerta and Trey Young and DeAndre Bembry and Vince Carter and Alex Len. I knew the injuries were rough, and we'll talk about kind of where the Nuggets go from here with the injuries and how can they manage this thing. But even with missing three out of their five starters, even with missing Jamal Murray for much of the second half, you kind of thought the Nuggets might still be able to pull this thing out. It was against the Atlanta Hawks. I remember talking with a bunch of guys before the game, and we were saying, yeah, they have the injuries and whatnot they'll be able to just put whoever out there against the Hawks and then maybe go back to the drawing board Monday against the Grizzlies. But the Hawks seemed like one they should be able to get, like even with the injuries.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone besides Jokic was pretty bad in this game. And I think the guy who I was most, I don't want to say disappointed, but I think who stood out the most for the wrong reasons was probably Trey Lyles. The Nuggets really, really needed him to have a positive impact on this game. I mean, he's been coming off the bench this year. The minutes load um, has been right around 20 per game. So he should have energy. And they slide him into the starting lineup, and he was terrible, man. He was 2 for 13 from the field. I thought one of perhaps the worst plays of the game was the Nuggets just got killed in the third quarter. Atlanta hit eight threes, but they had a chance to get out of the third quarter with a stop and a score. Uh, Trey Lyles hauled in um, a rebound off a missed three. He turned to dribble it and just coughed it up. And then Atlanta was able to get a dunk right before the buzzer sounded. I mean, it was just, it was just an instance of, of him being so weak with the ball. And I don't know, man. I mean, it was just one game, obviously. But the Nuggets are going to need some more from Trey Lyles to, to weather this storm, I think.
0: Definitely. I can get the reasoning to go with Trey Lyles in your starting lineup. He's your most traditional power forward off the bench. A team like the Hawks, you think you can just beat with depth. We don't have to pull out anything crazy. We don't have to start two centers in Plumley and Jokic. We don't have to go super small like to out-scheme the Hawks and, and outmaneuver maneuver them. We can just beat them with depth, even if we only have eight players, because let's be honest, the Nuggets' eighth man in this game, uh, Malik Beasley, he could probably be the best or second-best player on this Atlanta Hawks team. So that was the thinking, I'm guessing. We can just beat them with our depth, slide Trey Lyles in there. If you look back to when the Nuggets were missing Paul Millsap last year, I thought it was pretty interesting because Trey Lyles only started two of those 44 games that Millsap missed, really two of those 45 games because he came off the bench in Millsap's first game back. Uh, So they went small a lot with Wilson Chandler. At the uh, four, they had Kenneth Faried obviously who they played a lot. At the four on summonses they put in Mason Plumlee. So Lyles saw his minutes increase a ton last year when Millsap was out, but that didn't necessarily mean he started. Another reason I figured they would go with Lyles was just to boost his confidence. Hey, maybe inserting him to the starting lineup that will give him some confidence. Him knowing that he's going to be playing thirty plus minutes a I man, he played thirty eight minutes. Against Atlanta. It's got to be what? A career high, maybe. Maybe that gives him some confidence. But yeah, it was really just the Trey Lyles that we've seen from a shooting perspective that we've had on display all year. Two or 13 from the field, one or seven from three on the season now, shooting 42% from the field, down from 49% last year. And from three, he's well under 30% now, shooting 26.7% from three. And 30, down from 38.1% last year. Do the Nuggets need to change here they're starting at the four, or do you think they should stick with Trey
2: Lyles here? Ooh, it's a, a tough decision. Um, I, was, I was thinking long and hard about sliding Juancho Hernan Gomez over to power forward um, and maybe just going with a Malik Beasley in there at one of the guard spots, um, or possibly even a, a two-point guard um, starting lineup with Montero Jamal, But but just sliding... Wancho over to the four, which would create another spot for a guard. I mean, I think power forward is probably Wancho's best position. We haven't seen him – get to see him play that position a whole lot yet. He's been thriving in, in his small forward role so far this season. You know, it's funny. If you if you think back to that Warriors game, his rookie year when Wancho went for 27-10, and 10, he started at power forward that game, actually, because Denver was severely injured, depleted. It doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things, but um, – I don't know, man. I I kind of would have liked to see Juancho in there. I can understand why they went with Lyles. I mean, he's a talented player. I I, I mean, if you already went one game with Lyles, I would probably stick with it. Like, yeah. it you probably risk damaging his confidence even more if you just yank him after one game like this.
0: Yeah, everything's on the table right now. Down three starters. I would guess Jamal Murray plays Monday against Memphis. He's listed as questionable as... At the time we're recording this, I would guess he plays, but still down three starters. You don't want to, I guess, panic too much, but you need to get wins by any means necessary right now with as jumbled as the Western Conference is still. I bet they probably stick with him for another game, see how it goes, see if they can get anything positive against Memphis. It is odd, however, how Lyles and Jokic, they would seem to be a really good pairing on paper, right? Two guys who are pretty versatile on the offensive end, two guys who, in theory, although neither of them have done it this year, can knock down the three, two guys who can uh, get to the rim and attack, they'd be potent together on the offensive end of the four, but the numbers haven't been good, those two playing together. Can you think of any reason why those two would not be a good pairing?
2: Man, it doesn't make any sense to me either. They've they've stunk this year if you just look at that, their net rating. And those guys have played something like 115, 120 minutes together. Yeah, not a small sample size by any means. And you know, I, it'd be one thing if those guys were really struggling in the defensive end. I could maybe see why. But the fact that they're not producing when they're on the floor offensively doesn't make any sense at all to me. I mean, those are two really, really skilled offensive players. And I don't know, man. I mean, we're looking at Trey Lyles. He, he's shooting below thirty percent from the three-point line. He's shooting sixty-seven percent from the free-throw line. I mean, are, is there a chance we look back at just that that four months or two months stretch without Millsap last year is just a hot shooting aberration? That, that maybe this guy is is just you know an average shooter. He's he's not an above-average shooter.
0: Uh, I I guess I guess it's possible. I've still got it in my mind that he's much better than he's showing right now. Maybe he's not the 38% shooter from three that he was last year. Maybe his, he's a 36% shooter from three. But I still think he can be counted on for a, for a three-point shot. I'm the stroke happy. looks great. I mean, he's right. got a
2: beautiful-looking shot. Uh, it, it should fall down more than it is right now. Right, for sure.
0: The other option that the Nuggets could go to, it's the Mason Plumlee and Nikola Jokic front court, which was very good last year in a lot of minutes. If you look at who the Nuggets played in place of Paul Millsap a year ago, Mason Plumlee played just as much as uh, Wilson Chandler did uh, when the Nuggets went small. So we could see that combo again, and those guys have been very good together this year in limited minutes. 26 minutes Plumlee and Jokic have spent on the floor together. The Nuggets have outscored their opponent by 23 points in that frame, Uh, 67 to 44. So, I mean, they've been really good this year. I know it's a small sample size, but I have a feeling we might see those two on the floor together a bit more over these next couple of games. Well
2: it's interesting you bring that up right now because the Nuggets play the Memphis Grizzlies on Monday night. Do you know who Memphis rolls out in, in the front court?
0: Yes, they roll out Marcus Saul and uh Jaron Jackson.
2: Yeah, so I don't know. I mean this this could be one of those poker games. Yes, I'm bringing back the poker. I still think it's the best nickname for it, the public joker the, it lineup. It is
0: the best nickname. I think we could see the poker lineup against Memphis. In fact, I'm going to predict we see it against Memphis. I'm going to come out here, bold prediction, the Nuggets will go with the Mason Plumlee, Nikola Jokic front court versus Memphis. I know a few minutes ago I said they might want to show some
2: continuity and stick
0: with Lyles, but all hands on deck. Everything's on the table right now to get a victory.
2: Yeah, baby. Let's go back to 1994. I'm ready. I'm ready for this 88 to 86 game tomorrow. Right. Yeah. We could get a real uh, grit and grind
0: game right up Mike and Blone's alley. I don't think we're going to see any shootouts at the OK Corral Monday evening. Maybe even uh, Wednesday against the Thunder. We're probably not going to get one of those either. We've got to take our first break. When we come back, some more notes on this game, some more notes on how the Nuggets can manage this injury situation. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast.
1: This podcast is presented by Inwego, the subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only 39 bucks per month with no additional cost or fees. You heard that right, as many events as you can fit into your schedule for only $39 per month. Brandon Spano's here and he's gonna tell us a little bit about it.
2: Yeah, guys, this year alone, I've been to Avalanche Games, Nuggets Games, Rockies Games, Rapids Games, Buffs Games. I've been to concerts, uh, beer tastings, food festivals, I even went to a few comedy shows, so it's literally changed my
1: life. <laughs> if it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. And here's where it gets good: we've partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com/BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all the events you can handle for less than $20 for your first month. Try it and fall in love with it, like. We did here at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN 50.
0: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Harrison Wind and Christian Clark recording Monday edition of the program. The Nuggets host the Memphis Grizzlies, their first home game in quite a while Monday night at Pepsi Center. I want to go back to this Hawks game for a few more minutes because there are a few things I want to hit that we haven't touched on so far. Jamal Murray gets hurt right before halftime on what I thought, frankly, was a cheap shot by Justin Anderson. Jamal is going for that ball, and Anderson just straight up kicks him in the shin, just tries to trip him, and Jamal goes down that shin contusion. Michael Malone said after the game that his shin has been bothering him for a while, and that probably aggravated it. He wasn't good after he went down with that injury. He wasn't that good beforehand either. His shooting percentages are way down this year. He's not having a really efficient year on the offensive end of the floor. What are you seeing with Jamal Murray right now that you think might be contributing to his struggles a little bit?
2: His issues, you know, with the, the finer points of playing point guard have been well documented this season, I think. Um I think in this road trip, he actually had some some pretty decent passing games. But still, there's a little more inconsistency than you'd like there. It's kind of weird, too, because I feel like Jokers and Jamal's chemistry was was better last year than it has been this year. I I don't understand really why they're having issues this year.
0: I do think before this game, they had shown some signs of coming together, though. Yeah, no, I agree. And then this game, for some reason, was a big step back.
2: Yeah, man, it, it is super weird that he's just struggling to make decisions out of the pick and roll. I mean, they're just they're just too many turnovers, and you know his, his issues with that are are kind of put into stark contrast whenever Monte Morris comes in and run things because you're like, well, that's kind of how it should be done. And I think you're you're fine living with you know his mistakes playing point guard as long as he's making shots. He he's he scored like 17 points per game last year and. He did it really, really efficiently. Um, if, if you look at that true shooting percentage based on people you know his age, this year the efficiency hasn't been there. And I don't know, man. I mean, when, when he's not making shots efficiently, then it, it, everything else kind of stands out a little bit more too. What about at the beginning of the game?
0: He had two turnovers in, what, the first quarter, I believe. He probably could have had two more as well that – were tipped passes going to Joker or going to somebody else that the Nuggets recovered. If you watch the game, you can see that him and Joker were not on the same page at all the other night. On one of the plays, I'm trying to remember which one it was, maybe in the third quarter, but he tries to send an entry pass to Nikola Jokic at the elbow. The ball kind of gets tipped and goes out of bounds, and you can see them arguing about it. It seems like Jamal's saying he wants Jokic to come more to the ball when he's passing it, and Joker's telling him to just pass it, you know, to me somewhere else. So, those two aren't really on the same page right now when it just comes to those types of plays. And, like you said, he has not been good shooting the ball this year. Here's some quick shooting stats for him on catch and shoot threes. Last year, he shot 41.5%. This year, he's at 32% right now. Pull-up threes, he did not shoot it great on shots of that variety last year, just 32%, but he's still down to 29% on those. Wide-open threes. Here's the big one for him. Last year, per NBA.com, with the closest defender at least six feet away, he shot 42.5% from three. This year, he's down to 32.5% on wide-open three-point attempts, something Nuggets didn't do a good job of as a team against Atlanta, but something Jamal has not been able to hit all season. I think he'll turn it around. I'm still a believer in his shot. Last year, he turned it around in December after having a rough start to the season. There's still a long ways to go in this month. There's still, what, eight more games, nine more games? I think nine more games to go in December. He can still turn it around, but it's got to start soon, and maybe some home games here coming up in this stretch will help.
2: Yeah, the wide open 3s really stands out. I mean, I think he's getting good shots. He is. He's he's getting the looks that he can knock down. He was such a dead eye shooter in college. I mean, 37.8% on 3s last year. Really, really excellent mark for a second-year player who's taken more than 5 per game. I just don't get it, man. I I mean, I just don't get it. He should be shooting the ball better than this.
0: I wonder if the uh injuries he's dealt with this year play a role in it, and I'm sure they do. He struggled with the ankles at the beginning of the year. Now it seems like it's his shin. Right now, the Nuggets are also asking a ton from him in terms of just minutes. I mean, he's been up near the 40 mark in these last couple games of the road trip when these injuries have really started to decimate the Nuggets. He's obviously been playing through some things, and that's why I say even with how gimpy he was on that leg Saturday night, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play On Monday, because we know it's going to take a lot to keep him out of games. Last year, Nuggets held him out of a game because of those concussion symptoms. He was not too happy with that. He really wanted to play and felt like he could play. And then he only plays 24 minutes against Atlanta uh, because of those injuries. And you know, he probably should not have been out on the court in the second half. He did not look uh, healthy enough to play. But, yeah, we'll see if he can bounce back here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it stinks they're so banged up right now because I think if they were – you know, completely healthy, then they probably would just give him the game off. But right. I, I would, I would probably predict that he's going to play. You know, the minutes thing—that was—I thought that was pretty interesting, and that was one thing I threw out in my my Golden Nuggets after the Hawks game. You know, maybe Jamal Murray was redlining a little bit. Uh, he played 36 minutes in Portland, 41 in Toronto, 46 in Orlando, and then 37 in Charlotte. I mean, the Nuggets leaned really, really, really heavily on him on on this road trip, so they've got to continue to watch that and manage that i mean not only can that you know affect you shooting wide open threes we know that you're more likely to get injured too if you're really tired like that too
0: and also if jamal murray's fatigue that brings down the pace that the nuggets offense operates at i mean they were walking the ball up the whole game against atlanta and yeah it was a back to back of course it was the fifth night of a long five-game road trip that went from Portland to Toronto all the way down to Orlando back up to Charlotte back down to Atlanta but they played at a slow pace against the Hawks I know the Nuggets really or the Hawks really want to get up and down but Denver just had no rhythm to uh, its offense in the second half when fatigue really started to set in so that's another thing if he's injured if he's having to walk the ball up the floor and kind of preserve himself that's gonna bring down the level of pace that the Nuggets have, not just in their full-court offense, but their half-court offense too. And we know the Nuggets offense really only operates at its peak if it's running with a lot of pace, a lot of movement, a lot of rhythm in the half-court. Nicole Jokic, I thought, played a really solid game against the Hawks and then, like the rest of this team, kind of tailed off as the second half went on. 24 points, 11 rebounds, Seven assists. I thought he looked really aggressive in that first half. He looked like he came out mad in this game. I don't know why. It seemed like he was definitely playing with an edge, though. You know, maybe some somebody got into him or something. But I love the aggressiveness he came out with. He won the ball. He was looking to score the ball, and we we know when he's looking to score the ball like that, he lifts the nugget ceiling to another level. Then the second half, you know, like like I said, we saw what. We saw with a lot of guys on this team, just everybody kind of uh, ran out of gas.
2: I thought Chris Dempsey uh, brought up a pretty good point. Whenever the Nuggets need Nicole Jokic to score the ball, he seems to score the ball. I mean, they they needed it from him down the stretch last year when they were fighting for their playoff lives. Jokic put up huge scoring numbers those last 18 games or so. He does seem to have a a sense of, okay, my my team just needs me to put the ball in the basket. tonight and he did that in this game 15 in the first quarter you know the Nuggets were not in any sort of rhythm offensively this was just a matter of we're just going to dump the ball into the post and and let him go to work and a lot of just just tough buckets where you know he he was banging down low three four dribbles and he'd go up with it I mean he was really good Um, him and and Malik Beasley maybe or maybe him and Wancho were the only Nuggets I would say who had good games I think you could group Malik Beasley into that I thought he played well
0: three and nine from three a couple of those came really late in garbage time too and uh seven to 16 from the field he had a pretty active game I thought you know only 23 minutes from him kind of surprised that number was so low especially with the injury injury to Jamal Murray but I thought like he played pretty well Mason Plumley. I thought had a fine game too just 19 minutes for him I think we'll see the Nuggets rely on Plumlee a bit more uh, in this game against the Grizzlies. I mean, for him to only get 19 minutes in this one without Paul Millsap and for Trey Lyles to get 38, uh, that differential certainly sticks out a little bit, but... I'm glad Jokic had a good game because, I mean, he was going up against the likes of Dwayne Dedman and uh, John Collins and Alex Len. I would have been a little concerned if he didn't have a strong offensive game. But maybe what you said there is the answer to a lot of people's questions when they say, why doesn't Nikola Jokic do this every game, right? Like, why doesn't he come out as aggressive as he did in the first quarter and score, what, 15 points in the opening 12 minutes again? Why doesn't he do that every night? I'm sure you hear that from fans. I hear that from fans almost every day on Twitter and whatnot. I think what you said has some truth to it. Maybe he realizes that he doesn't need to go off if the Nuggets are truly healthy and other guys can supply the scoring when the Nuggets do have a full roster and that now when they don't have that full roster, he puts it upon himself. The part of Jokic's game that wasn't there against Atlanta or the part of his offensive game that wasn't there at all, again, his three-point shot, any concern in your mind that there's something deeper there or you think he's just gonna snap out of it one of these days?
2: Oh man, he he really does seem to be thinking about it a little mu a little bit too much. You can kind of see the wheels churning in his head when he when he's taking some of those threes. There are there are a lot of just bricks on, <laughs> right. on this road trip where he didn't even hit the rim, like it just thudded off the backboard or something like that.
0: You never see him miss shots like that, you know? He's yeah. got
2: such a soft touch.
0: He's usually hitting back iron or front iron. He's rarely missing right or
2: left. He is throwing up a lot of bricks lately, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't understand why Jokic and Murray are struggling shooting the ball like this. They're, they're both such good shooters. Um, I do want to say that Jokic was incredible on from a passing standpoint on this five-game road trip. Mm-hmm. I thought this was one of the best passing stretches I, I've seen from him, actually, which is saying a lot. Um I mean he threw that behind the back pass to Lyles um there in the first quarter against the Hawks and I was like, "Oh, that was okay because just some of the stuff he did on this road trip w- was mind-boggling. Um Jokic by the way has had seven double-digit assist games this season. Um he did it in Toronto and Orlando. The only other centers to accomplish that feat are Joel Embiid and Nikola Vucevic and they've only done it once. So Jokic is on another level with with his passing right now. I mean, really, the only thing that's lacking is the three-point shot for him right now.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. The highlight-level passes that we hadn't seen going back maybe 10 games ago, those are back now. We're seeing one or two of those every night. And we speak about how the assists are a good indicator of a healthy Nuggets offense, I think those highlight level passes are another healthy indicator of how well the Nuggets offense is running. When Jokic has one or two of those a game, you can probably bet that this Nuggets offense is in a good spot. He had a couple against Atlanta, particularly in the first half. And what do you know? The Nuggets offense looked good in the first half, not as good in the second half. Before we move on, Want to tell you guys about some game changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you guys check them out today. This CBD infused coffee has taken away long term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2010 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, Harrison Wind, and Christian Clark. You've got something you want to throw at me right here?
2: Yeah, hypothetical for you. All right, so let's pretend uh, a starting five of Isaiah Thomas, Will Barton, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., and Paul Millsap is completely healthy and, and we give them... 100% 100% full health for an 82 game season. Let's also give them a replacement level bench and a replacement level coach. How many teams or how many games does that team win in the Eastern Conference?
0: <laughs> how many teams does that team win in the? How many games does that team win in the Eastern Conference? Isaiah Thomas at point guard, Gary Harris and Will Barton at the two guards, Paul Millsap and, uh, and Michael BJ's Porter Jr. Four, yeah. as your front court. Got Jared Vanderbilt coming in off the bench, too. Oh, yeah. He can be your sixth man. I'd say that team wins 42 games (laughs) in the Eastern Conference. A healthy playoff team.
2: Oof. Yeah, man. I mean,
0: if you're thinking Isaiah Thomas is fully healthy, you got an MVP candidate. If you're thinking Michael Porter Jr. is fully healthy, you got the number one pick maybe in this last draft. Will Barton fully healthy? Top fifty player. Garrett Harris healthy? Top forty player, maybe top thirty-five player. Jared Vanderbilt healthy? Nice rookie off the bench and uh, Paul Millsap healthy? Defensive player of the year candidate. So uh, I'm saying forty-two wins at a minimum in the in the Eastern Conference.
2: Okay, uh, above five hundred. Um, yeah, that's that's the Nuggets injury report right there. That's what they would do.
0: Right, that injury report probably also has like a 112 offensive rating and the defense might not be too shabby either other than it at the point
2: yeah I mean it, I don't know if Michael Porter Jr. is going to play any defense but he's playing next to Paul Millsap though that'd be a pretty fun team man I would want to watch that team <laughs> that would be a fun team here
0: but that, that's a good way to open this last segment up because Nuggets are in a tough spot right now I don't want to overreact to where they're at but They had so much depth coming into the season, right? I said many times, I think they had the best bench in the league, really too deep at every position with rotation players. Now they don't have that depth anymore because of these injuries. Now they're playing eight guys on the second night of a back-to-back on the fifth game of a long five-game road trip. Any team would open their bench up to more than eight guys, you would think, in a scenario like that. But the guys at the end of the bench... Obviously, the Nuggets don't have a ton of confidence in right now. The Tyler Lydons of the world, the Devon Coon Purcells of the world, Brandon Goodwin, the G-Leaguer they signed because of all these injuries, Thomas Welsh, who they called up for this game, who I assume will stay with the team now unless they make another move. There's not a lot of confidence there with those guys. Do you see a scenario where they open up this bench if, say, they're in a... Uh, Tight game with Memphis here, and they need some more firepower on Monday night.
2: I mean, I don't think we're going to see Thomas Welsh, obviously, because you got Jokic and Plumlee in front of them. I mean, maybe Tyler Lydon, maybe Tyler Lydon. I mean, uh, I don't think it would have been the worst idea in the world to to give Tyler Lydon a little burn in that Atlanta game. Yeah, maybe at the very least get him some burn in that second
0: half, so he's not coming in completely cold to this Memphis game. If you need him there, just to provide some outside shooting. Yeah, Leiden's probably the most likely guy we could see in a spot with Devonna Kuhn Purcell, Brandon Goodwin being the other two guys if you need some help in the backcourt. This is a tough stretch of Nuggets got upcoming with the Grizzlies and the Thunder, and they've got a nice little stretch at home, but then a couple tough uh, road games at the Clippers and the Spurs. I don't think there's a panic that's setting in with the team right now. Injuries are a part of the game. They happen. Injuries happen to a lot of teams, pretty much every team throughout the year. They usually don't happen like they did to Denver as of late with three of their five starters going down and kind of four or five with Jamal Murray here. How do you see this team right now just from a
2: psyche standpoint, from a big picture view? I mean, I don't think you can continue only playing eight guys, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've, you've you probably got to play nine guys. We we saw last year where, where Malone briefly shrunk his rotation to eight, and the players basically were like, man, we're too tired to do this. Like, you've you got to bring it back to nine or so. That was right around New Year's last yep. year. So I don't think that that's a tenable solution. I mean, they're either just going to have to trust Tyler Lydon or Devon Akun Purcell or – Maybe they're going to have to go out and get somebody through a trade or, or pick somebody up or something like that. But I don't think you can continue to play eight guys. And you got to hope Will Barton's pretty close to coming back, too.
0: Right. Will Barton, probably maybe the closest to coming back, depending on how long Paul Millsap is out. They haven't really released a timetable for him, but you can look at guys who have had broken toes before. I think it takes around three weeks to come back from a broken. toe. obviously every injury is different. This one could be less severe. I'm not really sure at this point, but you got to think he's going to miss eight, maybe 10 games, something like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, the rest of December is just going to be brutal for Denver. They're they're just going to have to do their best to weather this storm. I mean, four-game homestand versus Memphis, OKC, Toronto, and Dallas. Dallas is pesky this year, man. They, they're like a borderline playoff team. Then you go at LA to face the Clippers at San Antonio. San Antonio is kind of struggling, but Denver really, really struggles to win in San Antonio and then San Antonio at home. I mean, whew, I, mean I think you'd feel pretty good if you won, I don't know, three
0: or four of those games. If you're this team right now, would you scan the unemployment line in the NBA and look for a name that you could bring in and give you some quality minutes? Just a guy who's done it before at the NBA level, right? Because these guys at the end of Nuggets bench right now, they're 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th men. They haven't done it at the NBA level. That's the problem, right? Would you think about scanning the free agent list and seeing if there's a guy that Denver could bring in that could at least give them I don't know 10-15 minutes off the bench just another body who's experienced and who's done it at least knows how to he knows what an NBA game feels like I mean would you entertain
2: that thought at all heck yeah absolutely I mean Corey Brewer he's built for this situation when you when you got four guys injured and you need a, a wing and like a Break, break glass in case of emergency situation. Corey Brewer is that guy.
0: So you're on the Corey Brewer train. What I mean, about... It's just like a name, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think they should go out and get somebody. Yeah. There's a lot of funny names out there. If you just scan the free agent list right now, like names from Nick Young to Jason Terry... Who said he'd only come back for the Warriors or Bucks? But I don't know, maybe the Nuggets could interest him. Maybe the Nuggets try to coax Richard Jefferson out of retirement. (laughs) Jameer Nelson's still out there. My favorite on the list, though, is Nick Young for sure.
2: Do you think RJ would come back? He's pretty good at getting these takes off.
0: I, I don't think he would. I think he's happy in his role right now with the Nets.
2: Nick Young would be hilarious,
0: man. He'd liven up this locker room a little bit, wouldn't he? They've said they do need talkers in that (laughs) locker room. (laughs) There's one more name, though, Christian, that's out there. Future Hall of Famer. Guy who's a first ballot Hall of Famer at that. Former Denver Nugget. He's actually not even technically a free agent. He's still on a team right now, but I think he will be a free agent here shortly once a team wants to pick him up. From what I can tell, based off of Instagram, he's staying in shape. Killing dudes at
2: Lifetime Fitness. He
0: never misses a shot. Those Instagram videos have never given us a wrong perception of a player. Or they've never done us wrong. Is Carmelo Anthony an option to bring back to Denver?
2: Ah, man. I don't think so. I I don't really like it. I mean, he can't make outside shots anymore. And he doesn't really try that hard on defense. I mean, I would rather have Corey Brewer than Carmelo at this point, I think. I'm with you. I'm with you. At least Corey Brewer's going to try on defense. It would be a national headline,
0: right, if the Nuggets brought... Carmelo Anthony back here, for sure. That would make waves. I mean, it's Mellow. I'm not sure if the Nuggets need that, and I'm not sure they need Mellow the player. Like you said, he can't really shoot anymore. He he's not a scorer anymore. I don't think he's going to be Olympic Mellow anywhere anymore. And yeah, he's not really going to play defense. I think you could find somebody to give you better minutes than he could provide. I just don't think he's that good anymore.
2: What if they brought Mellow in and he had one good game and he? Like looked at Jokic and He's like, "I'm the captain no.
0: Oh no, no! I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, like that. I don't see it happening. Um, I guess you never know, though. There was some mutual interest before, and desperate times call for desperate measures. No, I don't think it's
2: going to happen, though. Yeah. So you're you're out on Melo. Too? I'm out. Yes. All right. I'm glad we can agree on this. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't want Melo. Melo's not helping you right now. It's
0: not even like Melo's a bad locker room guy, because he's not. He's not a guy who's gonna ruin your locker room. That's never been the rap on him. That hasn't even been the rap on him these last couple years. It's just that I don't think he's that good anymore. He's not good anymore.
2: Yeah, they're they're all like 180,000 miles on his NBA body. A little too many.
0: Obviously, the Nuggets don't have a roster spot right now. I'm guessing they could apply for another hardship exception if Paul Millsap is going to miss two weeks here. Or... I guess they could make another move to free up a roster spot. I'm not sure. I think it's something they might want to entertain here because, like like I said, just guys at the end of this bench, they don't have any NBA experience, and it's kind of tough to trust one of those guys to play a 10- to 15-minute role when they really haven't done before at the NBA level. So we'll see what they do. In terms of Monday against Memphis... A lot of you guys called into the Total Beverage Fan Hotline wondering who they're going to play, if they're going to open up their bench a little more. We'll play one of those questions right now. I'm not going to play them all because, like I said, a lot of you guys called and asking the same thing. But let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now and throw out some predictions for what happens on Monday.
1: Uh, my name is Quinn from New
0: York, and now with three starters out, do you think that Malone is going to extend his
1: bench to play Tyler Lydon and Cooper so?
0: Thanks for the call, man. So, predictions? Do you think we see nine, a nine-man rotation against the Grizzlies, a ten-man rotation, or do you think Mike Malone keeps that eight?
2: I think we're going to see it go to nine. Okay. Um, I, I'm not sure who, to be honest with you. Um, maybe Thomas Welsh gets some burn just because Memphis likes to play some supersized lineups as well. But I think we're going to see nine. I mean, eight, eight is just too few.
0: Yeah, I'm predicting we're going to see 9-2 and that it's going to be Tyler Lydon getting in for 10 minutes, maybe.
2: Spicy mayo, let's go.
0: We'll see what happens. Um, it should be a good game. It, Memphis is a good team, as we saw earlier this year. They've been playing well still, so we'll see if the Nuggets can get back on the winning side of things. And Chris, no, the season is not over. I know it's bleak right now. Nuggets are still one of the top teams in the West. This is The benefit of giving themselves some wins at the beginning of the year, building a bit of a buffer between them right now and the ninth, the tenth teams in the West. It's going to be tough, but I do think they make it through this stretch. They're going to need some guys to step up, no doubt, but the buffer they built themselves is going to come in handy now. They might drop. They might drop from the two or three spot where they're at now to six or seven or eight. That might happen, but no, I don't think the season is over. I think they're going to make it through this, even though this injury situation now, I would think is unprecedented for a team to lose three out of five starters in a span like this, as Denver has in just, what, not even two full months into the season. I can't think of a scenario where that's happened before. So it is all hands on deck right now, trying to get a win any way possible. It's a rough situation for Denver, but, you know, the show kind of goes on. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you then.
2: The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory.
1: And then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits